Hi, welcome everyone. Today I have Claire Mills here with me. She's the Chief Operating Officer at the Bank of England. Hi, Claire. Hello, hi. So for today's questions, just to get started, what is your background, Claire, and how did you come to work in your current role? Okay, um, my background started in retail banking uh, and building societies. Uh, I started um, actually really quite early on. Uh, I was 18, 19 and went to work for what was the Abbey National, who no longer exists. So I'm going back a few years now uh, and started in the mortgage side of uh, uh, the building society. Um, I was there for a while and actually moved to a couple of other uh, roles in, in similar uh, types of, of work uh, and ended up at the Bristol and West Building Society, which is another one that doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, taken over by the Bank of Ireland um, after a while uh, and I ended up moving up to head office, which was in Bristol. I was uh, down in Devon in my early part of my career uh, and moved into project management. Um, and at that time, the first project I did was all about refurbishing and also moving uh, branches. So it was a very, very different uh, sort mm -hmm. of setup, but it was hugely interesting and a massive learning curve dealing with lots of external contractors, uh, as well as the branch staff and head office staff and all different things. So it was a great, great experience. And for that, uh, this will show my age now, um, I moved on to a, to run one of the big year 2000 uh, projects uh, when everybody panicked about the potential of the millennium bug uh, and I was uh, in charge of changing all the computing systems over in uh, both head office and 150 branches again really fascinating I negotiated all the deals with uh, Dell computers as it was then that did all the computers um, huge uh, uh, great fun in training as well you're moving um, off uh, and the, if any older listeners will know, remember MS-DOS onto uh, NT4, that is another great system. Um, a first time of using a mouse. So people were used to only using keyboards. And we had some, some very funny experiences of, of uh, staff trying to sort of pick the mouse up and move it on the screens or picking up and pointing it at things. So things, things have moved on a bit during my, my career. Um, and after a while, I, I moved on from there. Um, I found, and, and perhaps this will resonate as we go on through the discussion, that um, I, I reached a reasonable management level at quite an early time in my career, uh, at quite a young age, pro rata really, having not done the university route, but gone straight into work, and found I got stuck. Um, couldn't go any further. The management schemes in the building sites, you'd start at 25. And when you're sort of 21, 22, that seems like an awful long time away to wait to go further. Um, and it was very, very male orientated in the in the management structures and hard to get onto places. So I decided to sort of take a bit of a, a, a different leap um, and joined um, a property management company in London doing property finance, did that for a bit, came back into to the building society after a while, and then moved actually into, took my first sort of leap of faith and risk, if you like, left what I was really used to and joined a new start company that was based in Reading that did third party administration for financial uh, financial uh, organisations. Um, and I was head of IT and projects there. Uh, and that again was just a brilliant 18 months of punching well above our weight um, meeting with lots of other uh, big uh, hitters in the financial industry uh, actually setting up 
uh, a company, all the operational aspects of that uh, and the various projects. And that, that was really good, uh, went very well, so well in fact that they then sold out um, after about 18 months. And uh, actually I then went into consultancy and I joined a small boutique um, financial consultancy in Bristol. Uh, still staying with my southwest roots at that point. However, most of my consultancy roles uh, with that firm ended up being in, in London. Um, I, I did uh, roles that included uh, big projects uh, on things like um, fund supermarkets, uh, banking. Uh, and I actually then, uh, the biggest, uh, longest role I took was I ended up back at the Bank of Ireland to project manage the um, creation and delivery of all the post office savings accounts uh, and that included everything from the products the setting up onshore and offshore setups marketing uh, the whole works uh, did that for a while also did a bit of um, relationship management with that um, and i stayed actually working with the post office in various different consultancy roles for a while on the financial services side and then I thought it'd be a really good idea to get a bit of regulation on my CV for consultancy uh, and managed to uh, get a, a role, a little bit of a, I'll be honest, a little bit of a step back for me in, in type of role because I was doing heads of interim management, that sort of thing. Uh, but thought in order to get that, that regulatory experience, I dropped back into a sort of project program management role, uh, which I did with what was then the FSA, Financial Services Authority. And that was part of their, um, a project to help with splitting the FSA to become what is now the PRA and the FCA. Uh, and they ran a program, or I ran a program actually, um, to do an internal split, uh, which we ran for 12 months. That was splitting the whole organization and getting them ready for the PRA to move to the Bank of England and the FCA to become uh, what it is now, um, now at Stratford. Um, so I came across with the PRA to the bank um, still consultancy at that point um, and was uh, asked to look at business transformation post the changeover, uh, which I did. Uh, and then after a short while, I was asked if I would like to become permanent with the, the bank and with the, the PRA in a role that was a, a change and uh, strategy and change uh, for the PRA, head of strategy and change. And I thought that seemed like a good idea. So my uh, thing of doing six months in regulation. Here I am still in banking regulation, um, seven years later, having gone permanent seven years ago. Um, I have changed, the role has changed quite a bit. It, I did strategy and change. And then I actually set up a data management team within that. Uh, and it was something that I could see in the PRA we really needed to look at. We were still sharing and, and still do to an extent systems with the FCA as part of the original change for data collection, that type of thing. Um, but we needed to start being much more um, proactive about new tools, ways of working, what we could do with the data to further what we wanted to do in our in our supervisory regulation. Um, and so we started that, that, I started that team with four people. Uh, and we've grown that uh, and now is the um, PRA data and innovation team. I actually moved into the, the full chief operating officer role for the PRA within the bank uh, a couple of years ago and brought it all with me. Uh, and that team now has gone from strength to strength. We lead RegTech for the bank 
Uh, we've worked, uh, done a number of um, things jointly with the FCA. Uh, we're looking at future of data uh, collection. We're looking at all the different tools. Uh, we're looking at now we have a big program to look at renewing our rule book um, and seeing what we can do in relation to uh, a much more interactive rule book. There's been quite a bit in the press about that. So that's a, a pretty long winded bit, but I've uh, hopefully gives you a real flavor for how I ended up doing what I'm doing today. It absolutely does. And I think you've had an incredible diversity of experiences throughout your career, which is just so amazing. And I know you briefly mentioned the regulatory focus of your work, but so would you say your current focus is more fintech, regtech or soup tech oriented at the time? Um, I, I sort of, well, they all umbrella into each other is how I look at it. So fintech being the topic and you have regtech and subtech. Um, regtech has been our, 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 our big thing really, or subtech, regtech. Um, I tend not to use the term, term subtech myself. I know different people do. Um, it is all about regtech for me. We're focusing on making better use of the data that we hold. Um, so what we want to do is make sure that the data that we collate, we're making the best use of it. Um, we also want to look at new tools, techniques, different ways of doing things. And we've building out, built out our data science capabilities considerably over the last sort of 18 months, two years. Um, and we've run what we call an optimize and transform approach, which is we know that there are things that we can do to make things better quite quickly. People call it the quick wins, the, the low hanging fruit, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, but that's part of our, our optimize. And we see that as a, a sort of a three year plan of making the best use of what we've got. And then we have transform, which to me is the sort of five to 10 year outlook. Um, and that's really looking at where we may need to make some much, much bigger investment. It's longer term, budgets are tight, as everybody knows, um, you know, resources, we have to be careful with and make the most of what we have. Um, so, you know, part of that is doing that. And the other thing is you can't just change it all straight away. Data skills are really key. So as part of our RegTech agenda is really upskilling our workforce. So you can buy in data science capability. You can do that. And we do a bit of that. You can grow your own from sort of graduates, as it were. Um, but also, we're really keen to upskill and give people the opportunity to make best use of those tools, be able to look at doing uh, that analysis. Um, and what we're really basically looking to do is become um, the sort of watchwords for us are effectiveness and efficiency. Um, so we're looking to, to really get make best use of those tools become more efficient and effective um, in our supervisory judgments and giving us a much um, greater breadth of data analysis to inform those judgments uh, you do need a strong technical platform as part of it it's not just all about the reg tech you need to build that base and that structure um, and make sure it all remains fit for purpose so it's a it's a big it's a it's quite an ongoing and, and big thing yeah, definitely, definitely seems very interesting. And I think it's important that you know, you know, the data skills and how, especially, you know, in this time, they're going to be the need for those will definitely be increasing as we kind of move forward into this next chapter. Uh, you also kind of mentioned this briefly previously, um, but I think speaking specifically to the managerial roles that you've held throughout your career, do you think that diversity is a problem in the industry, anecdotally speaking? So it was, and, and, and there are still pockets, don't get me wrong, it's not, not nothing's perfect. Um, I think it, it was much, I mean, you know, I've been uh, in financial services now for over 30 years. Um, and <laughs> she says quickly, um, and it, it's, 
back then, you know, the, there were lots of, of ladies uh, in working in building societies, more, much more teller, front role, uh, administration, lots of that, very probably much more um, female than male, to be honest. But the management roles were, were definitely, the, the, the step change was noticeable. And, you know, people, you used to quite often get the, well, you'd go off to start a family and therefore your career stops. And and yeah. at that point, to be honest with you, it did. It did. It really did. I mean, I I wasn't in that particular point at that point, but for a lot of people that happened. Um, and then when they came back after the, they'd done, they almost had to start again. There wasn't this point of being able to sort of pick up where you left off. Um, mm -hmm. There was very much starting again. Um, so I think it did start to change. And I think there is a bit of a mindset with it as well. Um, those slightly and i'm not saying that's always right you know the stronger individuals tended to sort of land and push um and you know then you get it sort of labeled a different way sort of about being pushy or whatever um so i think anecdotally historically yes it was very much that way has it changed yes definitely um are we there yet no <laughs> no we're not um Financial services, much more so technology and data, much less so. It still seems to me having, you know, when I look at my my data scientists and that side of things, um, actually ethnicity from a diversity perspective has improved greatly in those areas. Um, and, and you can see that still not great in trying to get women into data and technology been really hard. Um, so. I think, you know, it's it's something that needs to be worked on. Um, technology and data has never been a strongly diverse employment area from a gender perspective, but it is changing. Um, in the PRA, I think we are pushing quite hard and we have good gender diversification. We've got many more managers that are female in, in data and technology and in the bank. So I think that's good, um, but it can always be better. I think that's something that that remains needs working on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think going forward, has this that lack of diversity that you mentioned and the gender bias, I think, especially in the technology realms, has this affected any of your actions throughout your career being a woman in a position? So I've thought about, that's a good question, because I've thought about this one a lot over the, the years and, and sort of looking back, sort of going, you know, because there's been a lot, I've been asked this question previously. And, and I think my answer is not consciously. <laughs> I haven't consciously gone into something and gone, oh, that's because I was a woman. I didn't get that or mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a woman. So, so I, I, I never really thought like that. Um, I don't know whether that was, I don't really know why. Whether I mean, unconsciously, those things most certainly were happening. When I look back on it now and think, oh, mm -hmm. actually, that might have happened then. Um, I think it was the norm. So you didn't sort of, you know, uh, not acceptable, quite hard to rail against, um, but I think that's changed a lot. Um, there quite possibly have been things that I haven't ended up doing whatever because I was female, but not consciously. Um, I've always put it down to the fact that I didn't have the right skill set or I didn't, it wasn't the right role for me, uh, which is also an interesting one for, 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 for women because uh, it's quite well known that if you see a job advert or you see something uh, or a role or something and you look at that and you think, oh, I can do 
nine or eight or nine of those things, but I can't do 10 and 11. Instead of thinking I can do most of that and I could soon learn 10 and 11. So I, that role is a role for me. That's not necessarily how I think in general, I'm not generalizing here a bit, not everybody's the same, but I think that is quite a common thing. And we, we look at something and think just because one line doesn't quite fit, we think we, it ought to be right in all ways. Uh, and it, that isn't so. And I think people are getting, women are definitely starting to see that that's right. Yeah, absolutely. I actually saw a study recently about how women are less likely to apply for a position in which they don't meet all the criteria, whereas mm. males are more likely to just apply anyways. And so in return, they yeah. end up getting the positions because the women yeah. just likely just won't feel confident enough to an extent to even apply for these roles. Um, mm. I think in your opinion, um, why is diversity important? And I think especially in technology and finance, and I think specifically for you as well in managerial positions. And do you think there's any association between women and their skill sets as it pertains to fintech roles? Yeah, I mean, diversity is, is hugely important. When you get diversity of a team, um, with it, you get diversity of thought. Uh, and for me, that's always been the bedrock of creating a good team. I don't want a team full of the same people just because one type of person have it is does well you don't want eight others that do exactly the same or look the same feel the same sound the same think the same that that's not great when when building a team right from a, a manager right the way down um in order to have a team that really can deliver successfully an outcome that you know you, you just you need that diversity of thought you need people to be comfortable challenging each other um pushing each other for ideas um you know if somebody thinks something's not quite right they want should be able to feel comfortable that they can say so and not have sort of any um sort of comeback on that but i think what you'll find is that um having that diversity of thought absolutely gives you a much better chance of chance of success therefore having women in fintech roles you know we're, we're problem solvers by nature a lot of women um, and we're pretty good at multitasking on the whole too <laughs> um, and so, so there's there's lots of skill sets and different ways of thinking that women can bring to a team so is a team full of women a great idea not necessarily <laughs> depending on what you're looking at it's you know you want that you want balance you want balance in in many ways that uh, and it, you won't always get it perfectly right um, and there's lots of different um, academic research and sort of Belbin and all the different things that will tell you about makeup of team and the way people are and, and what they do and that some of them could be really useful in just sort of making sure you're asking the right people to do the right things in 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 some of the, th the work that you're doing but yeah that that diversity is massively important to me yeah and I think it's important to know how you mentioned you don't want a team of all females I think it's the equality that's the most important thing here and just being able to balance on a team in order to create the best team possible. Um, the next question did you think do you think you first noticed um, this diversity gap in your education or in entering the workforce or was there a time where it kind of became more apparent to you? Um, well, I absolutely noticed it first in education, without without a doubt. I think my first discussion with the the then careers mistress, or she was, uh, was suggesting a career in as a as a nanny or um, or a bank clerk. <laughs> the sort of, you know, 
which um, when I was about sort of 15 or something, this was the sort of roles that um, young women went into. And I was sort of slightly taken aback, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, but I'd be honest with you, at the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do, which is possibly why she was sort of grasping it. You know, I, I knew I didn't really want to go into medicine. I didn't want to go. Into, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I suspect she was sort of clutching at straws. But I, I think that was a very stereotypical sort of um, response. Um, I mean, I suppose in some respects, I, I sort of went the bank route, but that was almost um, by accident as I, I was doing a business studies course and did work experience in a building society. And that's how I ended up um, doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, the fact that she thought I'd make a great nanny, I probably would have done, of course, made a great nanny, but that's <laughs> and it's a great job for people that want to do that. Um, but it wasn't wasn't what I wanted to do um so yeah I think very much it was it starts an early age again I think you know schools have changed they're looking at careers for for you know what people want to do as a career and and careers can be had and work-life balance and different things to, it's thought of so differently now uh, which is a good thing absolutely I absolutely agree with that um, in your opinion, are there any steps that we as a generation can take to minimize the gap, whether that be culture changes within companies or individual changes? Or, um, I, I definitely, of course, there is. I think every generation has something new is happening. I mean, you're, you know, the the, the generation now, she says, is uh, you know, my son's just just doing his trying to do whatever A levels are this year. You know, his views and thoughts of what he wants to do, and and the the generation just before him. Um, there are there are so many new things going on the, the the way of communicating even the past year in communicating like this um, is is a big change and and a different way of working um so i think there are already you know a number of things that are making a difference uh, and, and making things happen it does start with the education system so i think there is a bit of that about thinking you know a lot of people at 15 16 17 don't know what they want to do but there i think there are so many ways now where you can end you you have more time with you know degrees can be converted different things can we we take on um in data science some people may have done uh more sort of uh science degrees or um you know politics and economics and things like that they're all new degrees that can convert to still be doing analysis research so i think people have that breadth and so don't need to feel pigeonholed into something early on um, I think trying a new career path being brave you might go into something don't feel it's a disaster because you've not actually liked what you're doing the experience you've got may allow you to branch off into something else so always you know be open um, to, to that thing and the opening up of what were previously termed as male dominated industries such as engineering and science and all that sort of thing is helping in the, in its broadest ways I, I think what companies are doing which i think will help most definitely now is um i mean the bank do it and i know a lot of other companies we're using software that makes job ads you know we can run a job advert through a, a software checker which will make them more gender neutral that will we have blind recruitment processes which gives greater diversity percentages of candidates getting through to interview and things like that and all those sort of things although you're relying on technology to some respects it's it allows us to be much more um, neutral about the approach and and open up perhaps pathways to people that 
that may feel they, they couldn't do it. So I, I think those are all steps uh, in the right direction. There is also a thing where we just need to make sure we don't become too biased in other ways. So we sort of go down this path. Um, all processes should be fair. And the idea of doing these sort of more neutral things is to give everybody a chance. Um, so we want to make sure that they're a helping, a, a helping hand rather than creating a, a bias in a whole different way that, that ends up in a, in a, in a worse mess. <laughs> so I th things like that. But yeah, absolutely be very open thinking about what, um, you know, and positive, positivity about what you can achieve because there are no, you know, the, the boundaries for some people are, can be if they're, they're in their own minds about what they're capable of doing. And as long as you can see past your own boundaries, you need to help. You can then push against some of the other ones if that's if that's needed. But I think a lot of companies are starting are much much better. Um, and it, I would be looking at companies that think that way, because that's the sort of place that you know more people will get that breadth of experience and move forward because the companies are keen to make that so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I absolutely agree. And I think for the next one, what do you think will be the role of women in fintech within the next 10 years, you know, implementing those changes that you talked about, or even implementing some kind of mentorship program within the company after hiring, um, just to kind of get women more involved? What do you think the role will be? Um, I think the, I think the women's role, there will be more women in leadership positions, um, which is, is, would be great, um, because that allows also for more role modeling. And then people see other people doing what, and, and therefore you get sort of a bit of a knock-on effect. So I think we'll see some of that. And and in the innovation side, as I say, at the moment, it's still very male dominated. And I think gradually it's starting um, to move forward. I have to say one of the greatest achievements for me this year is to see one of my female BAME senior managers um, made it to the Women in Data Power list this year. Wow. Um, so for me as a leader, I can't ask for any more than that. That's incredible. Um, what steps can younger generations, I think, and specifically this generation as a whole of women interested in STEM take to be more proactive about creating these changes in a male dominated sector? Okay. Um, pick an area you enjoy. <laughs> for a start, find something that you, you like, because if you're not totally bought into what you want to do you'll struggle to make that stand and that that difference and that goes with a number of things know your subject if you know what you're talking about people will see you know what you're talking about and you'll gain credibility um i was i was given a a piece of advice very early on in my career which was to never go to a senior manager with a problem without also taking having a think about and going with a possible solution to that problem might not be the right solution so you have something you think okay how, how would i how do i think this could be fixed changed done differently and so every time after that i went back and went well i think we could do this and sometimes they'll go yeah that's a really good idea and we could do that and other times they'll go yeah but no let's try it this way instead and that that will happen but if you're then seen as somebody who's thinking about what could do you'll also get more confidence you'll gain confidence in what in your subject area um, and so that I have to say was one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given it's just not to go to somebody and go 
God, this has gone wrong. What should we do with it? <laughs> you know, because um, uh, things go wrong, let's face it. Um, or you're trying to work out a way of doing something quicker, better, faster. Um, so, you know, if, if you can do things like that, um, it also will enable you to get have better discussions at that senior level. You'll enhance your credentials and credibility with senior management. If you're thought of somebody who tries to solve problems, thinks of ways forward uh, and, and has the sort of that can do, could happen type attitude. So I, I think for me, it's being really, uh, really understanding your subject and proactive and, and gaining confidence in talking to people at all levels. If you can do that, you'll do well. That's great advice to hear. And I think for the last question, um, just generally, what advice do you have for young women who are interested in finance or technology? Just kind of all encompassing advice that you may have. Okay. I, th I think it goes back to some of the, the things I've said. Don't be afraid to give it a go. Just, you know, have a go. If it, if, if it doesn't work, you can try something else, but, but have a go. Um, you know, look, pick something that interests you and, and pull that thread and keep pulling that thread to see how you get on um, women have great intu in intuition um, as i say that you know we're natural problem solvers uh, we can usually multi-skill they are great attributes in finance and technology you know they are really good i would also find a good role model um, someone who you admire in in sort of the field that you're interested in and have a look at what they've done how they've got there what they've done what you know what what they've done and and also if you can once you start to move forward is is to and if you join a company is, is look for it and find a mentor most companies i mean the bank does have meant have mentoring schemes absolutely as a, as a woman join the mentoring scheme and your mentor doesn't necessarily have to be a woman i would say that too i've had male and female mentors and they can be really helpful um, they're great programs Mo all the big financial and technological institutions tend to have these programs and they can be invaluable they can help you sort of think through some of the issues in an independent way they can give you a bit of advice about things that that they might you might like to try um, and then of course you know as they get to know you they may give you some real pointers as to directions you might like to go opportunities you might want to go for uh, and, and could be really useful. So that, that would be my, my big go-to, I think. That's great advice. And I think for a lot of women, you are an incredible, inspiring person to look up to, which <laughs> I'm very happy that I got to talk to you today and hear a little bit more about you and your story and the advices that you have. Thank you, Bella. It's very kind of you. Thank you. Think, no, thank you, Claire. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all for today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you guys next time.